Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Evan and Tiki here on the fan. Horrifying in Kansas City. There were gunshots at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade at the end of it. And as of right now, here's what we know. And we'll keep you posted throughout the day. It's, it's a sad story. It's a horrifying story. And hopefully... Everybody ends up okay, but 10 people apparently got hit by these two gunmen. Apparently, there were two of them. They've already been arrested, so they are, they've been stopped. But they fired their gun multiple times, guns multiple times at this parade. At least 10 people have been hit. There are already videos out there of people on the ground, and they're graphic videos. Some kids have been hit. They're at the hospital right now, and the only thing you can hope for now is that everybody's okay. That anybody who suffered any kind of injury from this turns out to be okay. But a horrifying end to what started like a glorious day in Kansas City. It's a championship parade. We started the show talking about how jealous we are of championship parades. Our city hasn't seen it. And obviously, this parade in Kansas City ends horribly. And we just pray everybody's okay. That's all we can do. So we'll keep you posted on what's going on in Kansas City. But very, very scary story at the tail end of their parade earlier today. Now, coming up this week, we got A-Rod Day, which I'm very excited about. Sean told me I have to be excited about mm. it because he won this. You should be excited about it. Yeah, I started it, by the way. I'm very Because I lost a pickleball. No, no. No, no. Oh, why? You started this when you asked A-Rod about having his jersey retired. This is my fault? This is your fault. And you stuck it in Sean's head. And Sean, while he did not talk in that interview to, a- to Alex yeah. when we had him on, you sparked an idea. Is that true? That, so It felt... Amazing to him when, because he's of that generation where A-Rod was the man. So when you realized by beating me in pickleball, you could make a show decision. And by the way, I, I had a conversation earlier this morning with the architect of this radio station who came to me and said, I got to tell you, I was ready to change the name of the show. <laughs> he was under the impression that you were going to use that power uh-huh. to put your name on the show. And he showed me artwork. Missed opportunity. Of how they had it already. Like, and this is the architect. This is the boss of the boss, not the one that's leaving us to go to Philly. And I said, yeah. No, he he decided not to do that. So he was genuinely surprised that the big show decision you made wasn't that, but was instead this A-Rod day that we are celebrating on Friday afternoon. I want people to remember this. Much like Tiki blowing a kiss after a touchdown, I'm going to hand the ball to the ref guy. I don't (laughs) need my name on the show. People that listen know I'm a big part of the show. I like it. I am sacrificing myself for the justice that is A-Rod's number being retired. I am doing this for, I think, one of the great humanitarians of all time, Alex Rodriguez, and I want him to have his day. The one thing I'll say, as much as I don't love A-Rod day, I get the concept of it. Earlier this morning, I heard, and it sounded like it sounded like an advisor trying to explain something to Joe Biden, or me trying to explain something to my grandfather, when Giannotti was trying to explain to Boomer why A Rod would get a day, because Boomer's response was, "Well, why can't I just have Mark Messier day?" <laughs> and Gio was like, "Because Messier's already had a day; like, he yeah. has his number retired." Yes, and then Boomer. Was like, well, why you want? What about Derek Jeter Day? It's not a wrong that needs to be righted. <laughs> There's a wrong that needs to be righted. I know, and then, and she's trying to tell him that. Well, you know, Arod really hasn't had that. Well, what about Jason Kidd Day? And I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so I, I'm with Boomer and not liking Arod Day, but I understand Arod Day. I get it. He has not fully been honored by the New York Yankees. The only somewhat honoring they did is when they forced him to retire. Because mm. remember, they did force him to retire. He had to come out yeah. in 2016 and say, I'm done. And he wasn't even really saying he was retiring because I think he was leaving the door open to go to another team. Yes, and but nobody Yan- wanted him. Nobody wanted him. Yeah. There were rumors about the Marlins and whatnot. And the Yankees released him. And on that final game, 
which I think was like a rainy day or something like that, which was so typical. That was the way they quote-unquote honored him. But he hasn't had a day. He doesn't have a monument. He doesn't have a jersey number retirement. So I disagree with you, but I understand the motive of why you want to honor someone that you feel hasn't properly been honored the way Mark Messier has, Boomer, and the way (laughs) Derek Jeter has, Mm -hmm. and the way Mike Piazza has, and the way Jason Kidd has. I don't think there's an athlete in this town that has that kind of contradiction, if you will, that Alex does. Yeah, and by the way, that'll all be part of the send-off on Friday as well. Have you read the promo yet today, by the way? We're already in hour three of the show. I've not heard it, actually. You want me to read the promo? Yeah, I think we should get one in. Yes. Are you looking for an A-bomb day of sports radio? (laughs) This is ludicrous. Are you serious, by the way? Again, the promo team, not me. Okay. Are you looking for an A-bomb day of sports radio? We have you covered this Friday on WFAN as we take the time to pause our lives and honor the closest thing we have. (laughs) Hold on a second. Don't laugh. You got to get through it. I'm sorry. I got to start over. All right. I got to think serious because some of this is just. Read it seriously. Read it seriously. It is a serious problem. Read it like you're reading Duncan. (laughs) Are you looking for an A-bomb day of sports radio? We have you covered this Friday on WFAN as we take the time to pause our lives and honor the closest thing we have come to Jesus himself wearing cleats, (laughs) Alex Rodriguez. 20 years after the Yankees acquired the chosen one, we celebrate his legacy of MVPs and just plain good old-fashioned clean winning. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Clean winning! Clean winning! We got a nice clean title. Sean, you this really... is a Rod Day. Do the promo the way it's written. Don't question the promo writers. This is part of his. Uh, this is part of his winnings. You know what? <laughs> We're gonna start over. <laughs> start it over one last time. Are you looking for an A bomb day of sports radio? <laughs> we have you covered this Friday on WFN as we take the time to pause our lives and honor the closest thing we have come to Jesus Himself wearing cleats. Alex Rodriguez. 20 years after the Yankees acquired the chosen one, we celebrate his legacy of MVPs and just plain good old-fashioned clean winning. His number 13 will be raised to the rafters as part of a fun-filled day with guests, tributes, and more. It's A-Rod Day this Friday on Evan and Tiki right here on The Fan and as always free on the Odyssey app. Well done. Hold on. Good read, Evan. Clean we actually fun. do have rafters in here as well. Yeah, that's not fun. just, yep. you know, hanging it, sticking it on a wall. No, I get there, you. There are rafters around. It's for the TV equipment, for <laughs> SNY, and I guess for our for our stream as well. But there are rafters. So where is his? Where is the jersey going to get hung? Oh, it's a great debate. Is it going to cover Pete Alonso? Oh, you, come on! You no. going to cover Pete Alonso? Oh, that's the truth. Here is there is some thought. There are two places we've discussed. It's covering Pete Alonso's jersey since he's going to be gone out of here in a year anyway. <laughs> Careful. And it's also unfortunately covering where Craig Carton has once signed the ball. <laughs> Those are the two options. So two, yeah. Now, I know we have special guests. I have not been told about any of these guests. Are you guys aware of who's coming on the show? Because I have no idea. We have a couple. Couple. couple gonna, is this a surprise, or are you just going to announce it tomorrow, Friday? Are you going to tell me today? No, it's I, up to you. Evan, I, I think this is the point. You should tune in on Friday to hear the special yes. guests. Okay. I look forward to it. <laughs> Some Yankees. Some uh, former teammates of Alex. Oh, All the good stuff. Oh, I, I, you know what? I'm so excited for Friday. <laughs> but I'm even more excited for tomorrow because tomorrow is Thursday. Thursday. And not only does Bad Tiki join the show at 430, I look forward to that. But me and Loogie have our own plan for tomorrow. Which is? Because tomorrow is anti-A-Rod How can you have an anti-A-Rod day Throughout? before we have A-Rod day? Right, because we need... We're trying to get A-Rod on A-Rod day. <laughs> you can't do an anti-A-Rod day before we have A-Rod day when we want to get A-Rod on A-Rod day. It's all fair and balanced. There are a few things no. from A-Rod's career that we will uh, play and discuss no. tomorrow on the program. The last 20 years here have been anti-A-Rod days yes. on the fan. That's the yes. point of having A-Rod day. I You've understand. already had your anti-A-Rod days. I will be on my best behavior on Friday, but tomorrow we're going to have our fun. I'm so anti-anti-A-Rod day. <laughs> I, I couldn't be more anti-anti-A-Rod Day. Now we have to have an anti-anti-A-Rod Day. Uh, let's go to Eric and Seaford. How are you, Eric? Good. How are you guys? Good. Uh, best wishes to uh, Kansas City, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Um, so I have a couple questions about the Super Bowl. Um, so I actually looked it up while I was waiting. Boomer made a comment after the last touchdown the 49ers made. Um, saying that there was an illegal man downfield. Was that inaccurate? Or I think that, that was inaccurate because I think um, because Christian, and Tiki could correct me on this, yep. Christian McCaffrey right. caught the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Right. And I think that negates the center being illegally downfield. So I think he was wrong about yes. that, Boomer. Yes. Okay. Okay. And uh, my second question is, you know, with the coin flip, I know some, someone made a comment that um, the 49ers picked to go first because – to give their defense rest. And yes. I feel like no one's really spoken about that. Yes. At least not that, a lot of them. That, that's a very good point. Now, I don't know if that was the, like, the possession reason was more important than the than the rest reason, but the rest reason was a real one. I mean, they were, they were gassed. I, I understand that, but when Kyle Shanahan is asked after the game, and we have the audio, yep. we have to dig it up. I can't, I don't know if Lugie's going to have it in 10 seconds, but we have audio of Kyle Shanahan being asked about this. He never brought that up. No, he didn't. He brought up the possession argument. He brought up, hey, we'd rather and, have the third possession or and, however and he phrased it. by the way, it. there is a little bit of a break. It's not like a quarter ends. It's not like the quarter ends and you go right into overtime. There's right. a little bit of a break. I think there it was is, three minutes or something, yeah. maybe five minutes. But that's not a lot of time. It's not a lot, but it's enough to kind of chill for a minute. Real quick, here's Kyle Shanahan after the Super Bowl being asked about that decision. Something we talked about with... You know, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we decided to be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least a field goal, and if, if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. Yeah, it was and all I, possession again, game. That's why, I'm, that's why I think he was right, because you assume, and he's not even thinking about going for, the Chiefs going for two. Right? That's That's just... That's that's a non-traditional way to win a, a Super Bowl, and I know that Chris Jones has said this, and Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid probably even is, is is alluded to it as well. But in the moment, going for two to win or lose the Super Bowl oh. is a hard oh. decision to make. Could you imagine? I mean, here's and the reason is that the play that they would have used to go for two was the play they used to score the touchdown. Yeah, why not? It worked once. Try it again. That, but that's their go-to. Right. Like, they, they they use it in critical moments. Right. They did it against the Philadelphia Eagles in the fourth quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, to, to take the lead against the Eagles. And obviously they did it to win the Super Bowl in this game. So how many great two-point plays do you have? Yeah. That's I, the question. If, if this Super Bowl, which is only the second one to ever go to overtime, as we yeah. all know, came down. Vegas to took a, a bath two- on that, by the way. Because it went to overtime? Because a lot of people bet overtime. Yeah, we advised it. <laughs> I did it. Lugie did it. We, we talked about it. If that Super Bowl came down to a two-point conversion, I think it would easily go down as definitely the greatest ending to a Super Bowl yeah. ever, but maybe the greatest Super Bowl ever. And I always like to think about this when we have a great World Series or a great Super Bowl or a great whatever. Give it a couple days. Let it marinate. Yeah. Let it become normal. And then ask yourself, okay, how great was it? Yeah. Was it the greatest of all time? Like, did we witness on Sunday night the greatest Super Bowl of all time? And I think one of the arguments against that would be, but it was boring. Like, you'll hear a yeah. lot of people say that. Well, it was but, a defensive battle in a lot of ways. I don't think that's the way we judge things, though, in life. Hmm. I don't think we judge it based on, hey, for the full allotment of the game. 
Was it pound for pound the greatest game ever? I don't think we as humans think that way. We think about the ending. Yeah. We think about what we remember. Yeah. Were you were you sitting on the edge of your seat, not sure how it was going to turn out at the end? And will you remember this forever? So I'll give you an example. We always talk recently about how boring the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl was. It actually wasn't boring. It was a tie game well, in the fourth quarter. It was quarter. boring, but it was meaningful because it came down to the end. But it, it did, but it didn't. It yeah. didn't come down to the end. Yeah. It was a two-possession game. Like, it was a close game, and then in the final five minutes, the Patriots scored a touchdown, yeah. kicked a field goal. So there wasn't that one moment that jumps out at you. Last year's Super Bowl's one moment that jumps out at you, fair or not, was the James Bradbury holding call. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes it comes that The Rams-Titans one from 99-2000, we all think about the final play, Kevin Dyson. Yeah, true. We all think about it. The giant Patriots Super Bowl comes down to helmet catch, Burris touchdown, but we kind of forget the Patriots' last possession. Yeah. This game, we will remember the decision. Uh-huh. We will remember the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes coming back twice, and we'll remember that last play. None of us remember, like Patriots-Panthers from 2003. Does any of us really remember that the first half of that game was born? The only thing I remember, the first quarter was the only thing I remember is the fumble by Cam Newton. and Je- No, no, that's uh, the Carolina oh, the Panthers. Yeah, the Broncos. Thought, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Carolina Panthers, New England Patriots. Oh, gotcha. gotcha the gotcha, Janet gotcha. Jackson one. Got it. Yeah, that's got a it. Justin Timberlake fumble. The Timberlake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Intentional fumble. That game sucked early on, right? It was low. It was 0-0 after one quarter. We don't think about that. No. We think of the ending. I don't even think about the beginning of that game. That's why if you're going to judge this Super Bowl, and that's why to me it's going to be top five of whatever I've witnessed. We're not judging how the first three quarters went. Yeah, there was the moments that you talked about. Like, you could talk about this overtime thing for a week. I think, And I think we will talk about this, not necessarily on the fan every day, but I think this is one of those sports discussions that will be around forever. Yeah. The overtime, the mm-hmm. controversy. I'll tell you another one that kind of lives in that history. Sorry, Kyle. The Patriots come back against the Falcons. Oh, no doubt. Because of how epic right. it was. See, and this game was better than that one to me. I agree. Because uh, we thought that game was a blowout. But you're defined by your ending. Yeah, it's true. Though that game was two separate blowouts, That's which right. didn't make it entertaining in totality. Twenty-one to three at halftime, ultimately twenty-eight to three, and then they just got blitzed. And then because of the overtime rule, we knew when the Patriots got the ball, the game was over. There was no drama. They're going to march down the field, score a touchdown, and this game is over. And that's exactly what they did. It was almost anticlimactic. Because of the rule, I give the rule credit, you had that drama of the decision. Yeah. And then, yeah, we knew the Chiefs were going to win too once they got the ball, but they still had to do it. You know what I mean? No, you're right. And it, and they milked it all the way down to the end to the point where we were confused about whether or not the time meant anything. And I it think, ultimately didn't. I think this Super Bowl will go down as one of the most memorable Super yeah, Bowls of our lifetime. Well, there's a lot of ancillary things to talk about. It, first of all, the dynasty of the the uh, not the Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, and can they catch the Patriots? The the goat status of Pat Mahomes, part of it. The decision by Kyle Shanahan, the lack of being able to win games that you have a lead in by also Kyle Shanahan, the offensive player of the year and Chris McCaffrey who didn't get the ball in the second half enough. Right? There's so many things that you can talk about. And then the overtime rules. There's a lot of different levels to the Super Bowl that make it interesting. So do you think it goes down top five to, of all time? As opposed to just the game. Maybe not top five because it wasn't – it wasn't. It didn't feel like a slugfest. It felt like, all right, here's, have to be, here's a mistake, here's a mistake, you know, field long field goals, things of that nature. But I, I think it's one of the fo- top five memorable ones. Like you'll remember this Super oh, Bowl. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And I don't think that's the prisoner of the moment saying No. No, you remember it because of all of those things that have happened. If you had game. a Cinco de Five O right now of great Super Bowls not involving the Giants, this is in the top five. Easy. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It would be in the top five to me even involving the Giants. Hmm. Oh, wow. Even with the Giants. Now, great. Even with your own team. I have to be fair. I am going post Chargers, Niners, Super Bowl, and on. Because that's the first Super Bowl I, I remember. understand that. Look, not most of us don't remember every Super Bowl. Yeah. We're not old enough. Some of us do. I, good I for can, you if you do. I'll rip them all for you right now. I think the first Giant Patriot one, 42, because of the ending undefeated. Mm-hmm. I think this Super Bowl. I think Titans-Rams. I think Seahawks-Patriots, the Malcolm Butler game. Yeah. And I just had the, oh, and the, the Cardinals-Steelers. Yeah, of all the ones you said, I'll tell you the one that jumps out at me where I was like, okay, that one's a close one. It's Patriots-Seahawks. Because... Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've ever walked away stunned the way we walked away. Like, to have that game end on an interception, when you think it's being handed off to the best running back at that time, and we're all assuming it, and we're rooting for it, I think most of us, 
I think that supplied, I'll give this to you in like wrestling terms. Yeah, that was the, shocking. The biggest swerve you'll ever see. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you're watching WrestleMania next month, and as Cody Rhodes is about to finish the story, okay, the more talented Rhodes, that's mm. for sure. <laughs> as he's about to finish the story, I'm just going to give you a major swerve for wrestling fans. Seth Rollins kicks him in the face, right? And then Roman wins. And Roman wins, and everybody, that would be, no one's saying it's great. No one's saying it's good. That would leave people at the end of WrestleMania being like, what the, what? <laughs> that's what the Seahawk-Patriot ending was. By the way, you think that's going to happen? You like that one? You like that story I just wrote? You think it's going to happen? I mean, I, it could. I wouldn't put it past it. Get the it's, shield I mean, back together? Right. Roman Reigns is trying to be the hold the record, right? How yeah. many more, how many, a year and a half he's got? Well, which record? I mean, the Bruno record will never get to. The Hogan record the Hogan. he's got less the than Hogan. a year. Yeah, yeah. less than go. a year. I mean, that could happen, but, but my point is, like, if something like that <laughs> happened, 95% of people would hate it. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. But you'd never forget it, and it would be a swerve. Well, the, the difference in sports like the NFL is that it's not scripted. Well, like, it, would just, it, would just, it would just happen. That's what you say. <laughs> but the end of the Patriots-Seahawks game was something that most people didn't want, but it's one of the great endings of all time. And it swerved us. Like, we're like, you can't, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. You got to be kidding me that it ended that way. That one was shocking. That's why that one's shocking. That one to me is probably number it, one. Was it even third down? Was it third down or was it second? I can't even remember. Now. I think it was second down. My memory tells me. I could be I, wrong. I believe it was second down because I believe Pete Carroll's reasoning was they were going to have to throw on one of the three downs. Right. Through then. All right. So throw on, throw when you have to. Right. I agree. <laughs> not, not when you run when you need to. But that's one we'll never, ever forget. Let's go to Ethan in New Jersey. What's up, Ethan? Hi. Um, so I think there's there's a a point that you guys have missed on in the rule for overtime. Go ahead. And I'm gonna read it I'm gonna read it to you. This was pointed out to me by a friend this morning and I couldn't believe it so I actually went to the rule book. I right. love it. I love and it. Go. In 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 rule sixteen, article five, subsection C, <laughs> the opportunity to possess only applies during kicking plays. A kickoff is the opportunity to possess for the receiving team. If the kicking team illegally recovers the kick the receiving team is considered to have had its opportunity. Yeah. yeah no, so no, there's what another is, way they could have won the game. Yeah, it's onside kick. You, the onside kick is how you yeah. – but it eliminates the, the receiving team's possession. So, right. So, so there, there are two ways you could do that. Either you, you, you either defer and then onside kick and get the ball back and score, or you onside kick after scoring a touchdown and the game's over. Yeah, here's the problem. I'm not surprised that that's the rule, but recovering an onside kick is impossible. Huh. Like, it just it doesn't happen. So why would anybody risk hold, that? Hold on, hold on. Let me time out here. Go ahead. He might have hit on something. So if you're Kyle Shanahan, okay, and you want to disrupt the other team, you want to disrupt the Kansas City Chiefs. Second and goal from the one-yard line, by the way. Yeah. Second, I knew. I thought it was second down. Second so, down, one yard long. So you go, <laughs> so you go down and score, but you have to score a touchdown, and then you onside kick it. Why would you do that? Because the chances of you it wins the game for you. Correct, you, but it, you're not going to do it. You're right, not going to succeed. All right, so you're already making the assumption that they're going to score a touchdown. Like, so if you're, I'm thinking of Kyle <laughs> Shanahan's thought process <laughs> you here. That? No, seriously, yeah. hear me out. Kyle <laughs> Shanahan, in his mind. Is saying in the moment, we just listened to the clip. In the moment, the third possession mattered to us. Like we wanted the sudden death, sudden, sudden death possession. Right. Right. So if in his he should have, if he had scored a touchdown, and he didn't score a touchdown, so this is mute, but whatever. Let's see, if he scored the touchdown, you onside kick it because it, you now have control. It gives you some modicum of control of the outcome of the game. Right. Because if you recover that un- onside kick. Game's over. It game's over. That's we're, your way to keep the ball out right, of Mahomes' hand. If you kick it, yeah. then they have control because they can go down and try a two-point conversion. Right. So you try to get the onside kick. If you don't, they score a touchdown. Hopefully you stop them. Or maybe they just kick the extra point, and now you got what you originally wanted, which is the third possession. So the onside kick is is not even thought about. And – Imagine the surprise yeah. of a team getting onside I, kicked in, this, in, the, in overtime I get, in a Super Bowl or, I get or a playoff game. The strategy is a brilliant idea. But it's so not effective. But it doesn't have to be effective because yeah. it gives the field position to the other team. The only thing you have to now worry about is, is them going for two. Right. But the only way for you to get control of the outcome of the game is to take their possession away. Yeah. 
and the, an onside kick I get takes their possession I get away. what you're saying. Look, I'm going to give up 25, 30 yards in field position. Yes. That's pretty much what I'm giving up yes. for that small possibility. Yes. I recover it, and then he never gets the ball. We win. And game's over. Yeah. Game is over. And if they do score and they kick the extra point, I now have the third possession. Or they try to go for two. Either they win or we stop them and we I, win. What kind of sucks it, about it all. Put, like, there's three outcomes there. Right? Yeah. Let me think. So there's three outcomes. It's the onside kick, you recover, you win. They score a touchdown and tie, and then you have the advantage because you have the third possession. They score a touchdown and go for two and make it and lose. So there's there's four outcomes. Right. Three of them are in your favor. So <laughs> kicking the onside kick, actually, now that I talked myself into it off of that call... <laughs> Is the way to get a seventy-five percent chance of being? Oh my god, seventy-five percent! Seriously, three out of four. Three out of four of the outcomes. Obviously, you know, one of them is losing because right. they go down and score a touchdown and, and go for two and they win. But the other three are all in your advantage. The, the they thing, score a touchdown, go for two and miss it. They kick the extra point. You have the third possession. You recover the onside kick. You win the game. Yeah, it's actually the way to do the, it. The thing that sucks about all this <laughs> is that the NFL postseason overtime rule is so fascinating. We could argue a million different things mm-hmm. off of. It. But it's so rare. Like, it if this rare. was a regular season thing, too, I know why it would never happen because they don't mind right. ties. Then it would be like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see what Robert right. Sala does. But the truth is, it's only in the playoffs. Right. We but, don't get overtime playoff games all the time. But when the hell's the next time we're even going to get this juicy scenario? But think, but think about the lines of this playoff. None of the, not until the Super Bowl was the line tight, right? I think I feel it was like six or seven, right? Or, but the Super Bowl was two. Yeah. So that's why Vegas took a bath, because if the line is two and it's less than three, most people are going to say, this could be a tight game. I'm going to bet overtime. Right. And so you got overtime. Betting overtime is one of the the most fun bets you can make. It really is, because if you don't have a real... Plus 900? No, better than that. It was like 1,200. Plus 12? I think it was like 12 to 1. Right. It's one of the most fun things to do, because you're just rooting for a good game. Like, essentially, that's all you're rooting for. And it ain't that convoluted the way some of these prop bets can be. Oh, I need certain rushing yards. I need this. I need that. And you start rooting for play calls, which is kind of dumb. Like, who wants to do that? (laughs) But when you bet overtime, it's the most simplistic, fun thing you could do in sports. I'm rooting for the game to be close. Yeah. Like yes. what? That's that's yes. it. And then when you get it, it's it's like whoa! That was a pretty good reward. Let's go to Jeff on Long Island. Hey Jeff. Yes. How you guys doing? What's up? What's up? So, <laughs> couple things. Tiki, I love you. Huge Giants fan. Thank but you, man. you were absolutely wrong about just playing the first uh, a quarter for overtime. Because what happens if there's a tie? They play, play another, another quarter. quarter. Yeah. Yes. And then what happens yes. if there's another tie? You play another quarter. You play another quarter. You can play a whole, whole other whole game. It, I mean, but that's basically. You have basic... to have sudden death at some point. No, no. Well, clearly they don't because the time doesn't matter. The new overtime rules neuter time. It doesn't mean anything. Trust like fifteen minutes is a long time to play football. Yeah. And now look, you're playing seventy five minutes. They played seventy five minutes of football at the Super Bowl right because it came I mean it was 630 drive and a 6716 drive and a 738 drive right. it was a three seconds left at the end of the game so it, I mean it's worth it though well but also like in the, the last game of the season in the NHL and, and I think this is you know Sean made a point a few weeks ago that caused my veins to pop out of my head but I understood where he was coming from it came from a reasonable thought. Mm. And that was, as much as we all love the NHL playoffs, and we do, I love the NHL playoffs as casual as I am, we all do, overtime games can become insane. Mm -hmm. Like, they never end. Yeah. And you routinely get double and triple overtime and quad. Like, you get crazy overtimes almost often. I would say it's almost often in the National Hockey League. And to the point with some of these games, especially after a long season and a long series, the games at the end become like, oh, my God, these guys yeah. barely move. They're, right. they're exhausted. So Sean brought up on the air recently, look, I know this is unpopular. I'd have the shootout in the NHL playoffs, which caused my head to explode. But I understood where he was coming from, which is, hey, there's a lot of crazy overtime games in hockey. Our last caller is concerned about that in football. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, that won't happen. No. Like, the idea that the NFL playoffs – would turn into like four overtime war of attrition. Yeah, a whole nother game. It's not happening. I think it'd be really, really rare. I think for the most part, games would end in one overtime, yep. and sometimes they'd go double overtime. Right. I don't think we'd be sitting here saying, okay, this is never going to end. I think you get that sometimes in the NHL, which you could argue is amazing, but then also tiring. 
Yeah, that hockey game ain't on until 2 a.m. Yeah. We've had a lot of those. Right. But I don't think that would ever happen in the NFL with 15-minute quarters. Like, no, I don't I, think we would ever run into, oh, my God, this thing's never going to end. Yeah, and, and maybe this is, I'm a prisoner of this most recent Super Bowl in overtime. It went so fast because it was just two possessions. Right. Did it, they play less commercials, too? Um, no, no, I don't think so. Because I remember asking, like, who gets shot? Who gets the sh- like, what commercials play in overtime? Yeah, what they do? And so they sell them on the contingency. Oh, wow. And so in the case that there's overtime, here's your rate for overtime, mm. which is probably higher than the rate for any moment in the game because now everybody's watching. Holy crap, I just realized something. I don't know the answer to this because this is the first year I didn't do it. I didn't do a box game. I felt bullied by the box game. <laughs> That's right. How the hell does that work? Oh, it's easy. Go it's ahead. always, always, unless you're running a pool like an idiot, final score. You get nothing for the fourth quarter. Really? Uh. It is always first quarter, halftime, third quarter, final score. So if uh, you had it. the correct score numbers at the end of regulation, didn't matter. Too bad, how sad. Interesting. Oh, wow. Now, you better make sure if you're running one of these games that you declare it, because some will declare first quarter, halftime, third quarter, fourth quarter, and then all chaos breaks loose. But this became a big deal on that Falcon-Patriot game. Some got caught with their pants down. Oh, well, yeah. That was a learning moment. This point going forward, everybody puts final score. That's true. That Patriot-Falcon game at least gave us our test run because it was yeah. our first ever overtime game. Yes. This was only our second. And this was my first year of not playing the box game, and I don't think I cared in 16 because I was probably out either way. So it didn't matter. I like, ah, didn't win. And it paid off because anytime you get a two, you think you lost. And 2-5 was the winner. That's all right. the time. 2-5 was the winner. Russ and Best Page. What's up, Russ? Hey, guys. Uh, a couple things. One thing for Tiki, but first, Sean, how old are you? Uh, 36. All right. So I'll forgive you for not putting Bill's Giants on in your top five. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, I said Chargers <laughs> Niners on because that's all I remember. Yeah. I, I got you. And I forgot what year that was. Tiki, Yo. you, you said it perfectly, right? It wasn't a slugfest, so it doesn't make a top five. Right. But in terms of memorable, I'll give it to you. Yeah, because all the stuff you can't forget. <laughs> yeah. So you, you said it perfectly. But Tiki, I got to ask you a question. I've been asking for a while. Go ahead. Watching you play, I, I've been a Giant fan forever, right? 86, first Super Bowl I watched. Okay. Your, your cutback runs, were they designed? Were, were they counters? Not, not, not all, not, not all just, of them. Not all of them. So it's, it's a great question. Because when Coach Pope and Sean uh, Payton started putting in all of these misdirection runs, some of them were intentional cutbacks. So I'd, it'd start one way, the puller was going the other way, and I'd come out the back door. It was all to get motion. It was just to take the middle linebacker off his line by a step. Because if once he took a step, then my guy, right. my alignment, had the leverage. But, right. but, but right. so I was taught this, and I, I asked Saquon this when we had a Giants game this year. Because their steps, same plays that we used to run, the steps are different now. And Saquon takes a drop step and he goes downhill for that weak side gap run. And I'm and I'm looking at him. I'm like, like you're not making the linebacker move. You're not making the offensive line move because you're stepping and going downhill. When I when we used to do it, we used to be taught to roll it. So take an open step and roll really wide. So it looks like you're taking an outside zone play. And when you do that, it creates a wave. So if you ever hear me call a game, I'll talk about how running backs will ride the wave. And it and it's it's like it's really like a wave. It's like mm. a diagonal line. And well, once you get well, to they, it, you just keep you just keep going like back. Outside the tackle. Will, will they go outside the tackle and then cut back? No, that's like, hard. That's that's that that's hard. We used to do that's that. Too far, right? Yeah, we used to do that, uh, Russ. We used to do that via toss. We used to have a toss scissors. So we would toss it. So the action looks like, dude, this guy, they're running to the sideline. And then I would take two steps on the toss. My guard would take one step and then turn around. And so it was a toss scissors. So the only way to get outside the tackle and come back, you have to you have to design it. But I mean, cut back to how I made my business. I was a I was a slasher. Mm. Uh, if in fact, my longest run in my career with that 95-yarder against the Oakland um, Raiders, that was that was that's supposed to be outside the the tackle, hit the tight end, just get three yards. But Sean O'Hara cut off the back door, and I knew it as soon as he cut off the back door because the backside linebacker was on the line of scrimmage. If he cut it off, there was nobody there, and so I played it right. I didn't give it away. Took three steps downhill, saw Sean cut it off on this corner of my eye. And stuck my foot in the ground and went back door. 
Palaxico made a great block, and then he turned around and made another block for me, and I went 95 yards for a touchdown. But it was just part of my game. How tired were you after that? I was running, running, running 95 yards makes me tired. I was old, man. I was slow, so I was just kind of chilling. You were just chilling? Yeah. I mean, you were just chilling. Like, just, when you're done with had, that run, did you, I, like... So, I had one thing to do on that run. Go back and watch it. I had one thing to do. Run? No. Oh. Make the safety miss. Mm. And I made this crappy, like... Old, bad, old man cut. Well, but it I worked. Just, I just kind of like, eh, eh. it was like, it was stiff. It was bad. But I, I made a miss. Right. And then Plexico came and just cleans up the corner. Mm. Just ear holes him and knocks him out of the way. And so I'm still free running. Plex turns around, right? Click, click, ear holes this guy, turns around and goes and blocks the other safety. Wow. And then Amani comes from the other side of the field and blocks the other corner. Jeez, they did all the work. They did all the work. The hell did you do? Right? I use I use that play <laughs> when I give talks about teamwork. Right. Because everyone, like, the video is like, Tiki for MVP, Tiki for great, Tiki, we love you, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> right? O'Hara made the cutoff block, right? Uh, uh, Luke Pettigrew blocked two at the end of the line of scrimmage. I made the cutback, made the safety miss. Everything else was my teammates, my, my wide receivers escorted me down the field. There I'm not go. good without them. All, right. all my big runs came because that happened every single time. That's a selfless player right there. No, it's, it's all just, about it's just your teammates. Facts. No, I know. It's just facts. Some guys may not want to call that out. You do. Selfless right there. We'll get back to your calls coming up, 877-337-6666. Uh, this is the one thing you feared when you heard about the shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade is that someone was going to die, and now they are reporting at least one person was killed. Nine others are injured in this shooting that took place at the very end of the Super Bowl victory parade that the Chiefs were having today. So there were two guys or two people. I don't know if there were guys. Two people had guns. They go off, and now it's being reported that one person is dead. Nine others are injured. Uh, Of the injured, and this is according to NBC News, three are in critical condition, five are in serious condition, and one person had non-life-threatening injuries, according to the Kansas City Fire Department. Uh, Now, I just saw a video... And think about what these heroes did, because there are two guys shooting people, and there's someone who we see chase them down and tackle the shooters and stop them. Now, eventually they're detained. They've been detained now. But there is somebody who's a hero, could have saved many more lives, because who knows how long this would have gone on, who literally tackles these shooters, brings them to the ground, and then the police are then able to get over there very quickly and apprehend them and stop this from becoming even worse than it already is. And what it already is is a horrible tragedy at the end of this Super Bowl parade with one person unfortunately losing their life. Yeah, this this motive we don't know and it's it's regardless it's senseless and we pray for the the victims out there in Kansas City and really for the whole city of Kansas City. This was a, supposed to be a celebratory day. We're talking about the dynasty of the Kansas City Chiefs and now we're talking about a tragedy with one person dead and we know that some of the injured are children. Yeah. So children. I mean it's freaking it's right. it's heartbreaking and it's scary. It's scary that, like, this could happen at any moment because I think in, like, this world we live in, there's this assumption, or at least I had the naive assumption, let me make that clear, a naive assumption of it's all happy, it's a Super Bowl parade, nothing mm-hmm. could go wrong. I started the show today talking about, man, we got to have one of these, championship celebration, everybody's happy, I'm jealous of them, but it's fun jealousy, sports, the things that don't matter. And then you get reminded that this world sucks sometimes. Right. You just get reminded that... You never know. You just never know, no matter what you do, what kind of maniac, what kind of evil bastard could come out there for who knows what the motive is. It doesn't even matter. It's just some sick you-know-what to come out and do something as senseless and tragic as this. And it's scary as hell because the truth is, and I hate to be morbid, but I'm sorry when something like this happens, you become morbid. You realize this could happen to any one of us when you go down the street with our kids. You have no freaking idea. When something like this is going to happen, because you had two people who are psychotic, who should be brought to justice, and they will, who decided for no reason whatsoever to start shooting people. That's what someone decided to do in Kansas City, Missouri today. Just senselessly shooting people. And now we've got kids injured, and we got somebody who's dead. And it's scary as hell. And that's the world we live in. Yeah, and it's sad. Very sad. So what we'll try to do is try to entertain you with the stuff that doesn't matter, which is sports, which is the truth. It really doesn't matter. And we'll continue to update you as we get more information about this. But obviously, a tragedy in the city of Kansas City today as they were having their big Super Bowl celebration for winning the championship from Super Bowl Sunday a couple of days ago. And I saw some clips from the celebration. You know, Travis Kelsey singing. 
He's mm-hmm. having a good time. <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco's like dancing. The fans are so happy. And obviously it ends in tragedy. And even if you weren't hit, imagine being at that. Oh, and yeah. imagine having that memory now in your brain for the rest of your life, especially if you're young. Oh, yeah, it's traumatizing. You, you're you're scarred by things like this. And you hate to think that young people whose minds are so impressionable are going to remember what should have been a celebratory day with this kind of tragedy and negative thoughts about public spaces. Mm. And so, it's, it, I mean, it, all you can say is it's sad, and we pray for them. No question. And we hope that everyone who's injured right now comes out of this, And but we already have a fatality, which is just, like, right. it's sickening. Like, when, when Sean told us this story, you hear it, and I got to admit, sometimes you hear something, it doesn't feel real. Like you hear it, and you're like, oh, that, that sucks. That's crazy. And then as time goes by, it sinks in about how real it is. And mm-hmm. certainly hearing that some innocent person lost their life today senselessly just brings into focus how effed up this whole thing was and how scary things are in yeah. this world we live in. So continue to keep us updated with more information. But that's the latest we've heard. Uh, Ten people are injured. A few of them are in critical condition. We've lost a life today. Uh, and the Kansas City Police Department's, I think, holding a press conference right around now to continue to update. So definitely listen to that and tell us what we learned. Now, we try to distract you with other stuff because everything else seems so meaningless. Like the Yankees went to spring training today. Big freaking mm-hmm. deal. They had a catch today. yippity doo da. Aaron Boone told us basically nothing today. Mm-hmm. He told us, hey, we're going to play baseball, and I think we're going to be good. In fact, Aaron Boone was like in midseason form. And I don't mean that as a knock. I mean that as Aaron Boone after wins or losses will say, we're going to knock it real soon, man. We're going to really hit. It's all going to come together. And I watched a little bit of his press conference today, and I was like, this feels as if it's May. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to hit he the w- ball, man. We're going to be good. He wasn't talking about the whole team being good, but he did specifically talk about, yeah, we're going to have we're going to we're going to score some runs. Yeah. Right? We're going to we're going to have a good offense this year. And I'm thinking about it. I'm saying that's fine, but shouldn't you be at this point talking about the pitching staff's going to be good, too? And well, the bullpen's going to be good, too? Shouldn't I mean, you should say everything is going to be good at this point. Here's which a, may be a point of concern. You know right? what? He's not optimistic about the about the rotation. It's funny. So I think about what he said, and I also look at the roster, and I think about the New York Yankees, a team who I said at the top of the show is the closest to us seeing a championship in this town, in my opinion. They're always that answer. I look at them and say, okay, what is my biggest concern about them? And I don't disagree with you when it comes to pitching. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean brought up the other day the bullpen. And I agree. There's concerns about their bullpen. Even though their bullpen seems to be good every single season, yep. I don't know if every year we could just make the assumption, well, Cashman figures it out, it'll be fine. Like, there are questions around that bullpen. But what I like, I'll start with a positive, is that they have an identity again. And their identity is not just having the best starting pitcher in baseball. Their identity is they have a lineup that should scare you. And I don't mean fans, like Yankee fans. Like, they should scare you because they stink. No, the opposite. Like, when you have a lineup that is going to feature two of the top five bats in all of baseball, and I'm probably being pretty conservative when I say that, two of the best three bats in Major League Baseball, whatever you want to define it as, and they're going to hit back-to-back. And they also have two of the greatest eyes in all of baseball, which means you're not getting Juan Soto out by making him fish. You're not mm-hmm. getting Aaron Judge out by getting him to chase. You're going to have to deal with two guys that even when they're not slugging, they're walking right. and they're getting on base. And I look at the Yankees for the first time in a while offensively and say, they have an identity, and that identity is scary. Right. And like, this lineup can be really, really good. Yeah, and the other you know piece of this, at the beginning of last season, Anthony Rizzo was on fire. He felt like the best Yankee at the beginning of the year. And then at some point, you know, after the concussion, which wasn't fully diagnosed or correctly diagnosed, he started to trail off. But if he returns to that form, and I know it's it's unlikely because um, because of his age and he's getting up there, but and he had a bad year and basically set out the last third of the season. But if he pits as well, now you really got some scary situations. That's in, what I'm saying. In, in, in your in your lineup, they have a they have a chance to have a very very good lineup. The problem is. You mentioned the starting pitching, and that would be one of my biggest concerns. What is the depth after Garrett Cole, and what does this bullpen look like? And those are going to be the two things that I think will cause the Yankee fan to be concerned throughout February and March and could be the death knell of the team, could be the thing that brings this team down. But him talking about the lineup today kind of reminded me and told me this lineup can be freaking awesome. No, I mean, it should be. And we look, I'm I'm most interested, to be honestly— 
I'm most interested to see Giancarlo Stanton. Not see him hit and see him play and do whatever he's going to do. But I'm I'm more interested. I want to see what he looks like because all we've heard is how he lost weight and how he was taking like his fitness to a different level and not just lifting weights and being strong and massive and smashing home runs. I'm interested to see what Giancarlo Stanton looks like. Oh yeah, and that makes it even scarier. Like, when you think about that, like what he like like is the eye test. Like, right, what, right. Does he, what does he look? What's his body look like? Is he still stiff and muscle bound or? he actually lean out and become a little bit more of the athlete that he should be? Yeah. I mean, that would even make this lineup deeper. And that's right. the thing. They can have an identity that they haven't had in a long time. They used to. There was a time where the Yankee lineup would be that deep and that scary. Yeah. And look, when I think back to last year on why they failed, they failed because they didn't hit. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's as simple as that. Now, they had issues in their rotation, don't get me wrong, but they failed because they couldn't hit. And so that's the one thing that would get me very excited if I'm a Yankee fan coming into this season. The idea that maybe I can, maybe my offense for the first time in a few years can be that identity I used to have. And that's what that's what Boone was talking about today. I think that's what he that's what he was trying to get at. He was trying to get at look, we know that we should be better on offense. Obviously Aaron Judge is healthy. Hopefully he's nothing freak that happens again, but if we're healthy on offense, then we should hit. We should have a really good offense, and I think he's right. And you know what happens when you have a really good offense? What's that? You can sometimes make up for the deficiencies mm. you have in other areas. If this is a team that's going to score five and a half runs a game, that's what they're going to be, and they could be, mm-hmm. especially if they're healthy, especially with those two big monsters in the middle of your lineup hitting 2-3 and Judge and Soto, then there are going to be days where you win 11-7. Yeah. Like, I think, unfortunately, for the Yankees last year, a big part of why they only won the 82 games is they didn't win enough games like that. No. They had too many days where if they didn't pitch really, really well and kind of fit it through the keyhole and win 4-2, to two, they weren't winning. So the idea that you may have an offense that can actually score uh, every once in a while 10 or 11 runs, that you can do that, that could be the identity, and that's what would excite me the most Coming into this season, what would concern me is, yeah, what would concern me is more the depth of the pitching, especially the starting pitching. They don't have a lot of depth. Like, Luis Heal is a guy Boone brought up that it's, ah, don't forget Luis Heal. Okay, I'm not forgetting him. Yeah. Well, what's he going to be? Right. If you need him to make starts every five days because, let's say, Nestor Cortez is hurt or, let's say, Carlos Radon is hurt. And, by the way, both guys were hurt last year. I can't assume they're all going to be healthy. Then that could be a big, big problem. The depth, because their depth took a hit by making the Juan Soto trade. They don't have the same depth mm-hmm. that they used to have. So I think it's the depth of the rotation that would scare me the most. Now, yesterday, Sean, you said it was the bullpen, which I'm surprised by because most Yankee fans say, ah, oh, bullpen will be fine. They always figure it out. No, no, no. They'll be fine is our assumption, but I'm also going to the assumption as a positive Yankee fan as we enter spring training that everything will be fine. If I had to pick one and I was flipping a coin, I see more names in my starting rotation that I have seen good from than I do out of my bullpen. I could see the ifs clicking in the rotation more than the bullpen. It doesn't mean I don't trust the bullpen, but if I had to pick one, definitely right now I think it's more on the bullpen. If I had to pick one, that means you're like cocky. Yeah. I kind of am. <laughs> really? and by the way, can I add one more level of cockiness to yeah. this? Something I had completely forgotten until today is I'm getting baseball mode on the run in. Joe Espada is the Astro manager. We're going to lose the clueless Joe Espada as the Astro manager. <laughs> Why are you ripping Joe Espada? What the hell do you do? I love Joe Espada. He was kind of a fun, gimmicky Yankee coach, but there were a lot of times, and you know this when you were a Yankee fan, when you watched him doing whatever roles you had with the Yankees, he was kind of like our cartoon character that you knew he was kind of <laughs> there. I'm like, all right, my great man. I don't trust Joe Espada as a manager. I don't care how good the Astros are. By the way, for many, many years, Dusty Baker couldn't win the big one, and then he smoked your ass in the ALCS. Yes, but look. we've seen Dusty Baker be a good manager. I've never seen Joe Espada manage a game. Yeah, I got news for you. All right. Does it really matter? Yeah. If you have great <laughs> players, you're probably going to be fine. Jose Altuve. Our managers completely. Jose. They're, they're completely overrated. Yes and no. Your confidence about beating the Astros is going to jump on. spot as their manager Be fair about something. What? Every Major League Baseball team, and this goes for every professional sports team, faces moments of adversity during a year. And while a lot of these managers now might be data applicators, 
there is still a management of egos that needs to go on the room. And the Astros are full of guys who have won before and are full of egos. Am I confident that this manager, at moments yeah. of adversity, I don't think... By, by, by I, the I, way, I don't see that in Joe Spada. Way, I completely agree with you from the aspect that the most important job a manager has is managing egos, mm-hmm. is managing those personalities. That's why Joe Torre was a great manager. He certainly wasn't a great manager because of the way he handled bullpens or strategic decisions. It was that when you have a lot of big egos on your team, a lot of huge egos on your team, you have to somehow manage them. That's why they're called managers, Tiki, and not coaches. That's right. Skips. I'm sure you've wondered, like, why in football and basketball and hockey? It's coaches. And in baseball, it's managers. Because all you're doing is managing a bunch of big egos. And they're called skippers because they're in charge and want people skipping along? You really love that term, don't you, Skippers? <laughs> skippers. No, it does, because when we add Boone on... It's, like, a, it's, a, it's a nautical thing, obviously, but... You, you just love calling him Skipper. Hey, skip. can I call you Skip? Hey, Skip. Hey, Skippy. Hey, Skip. But it, It's like Captain or Colonel. But or... I, gotta, I gotta get back to how cocky he is. That's a very cocky Yankee fan. I'm really not worried about anything, but if well, I had to pick something because you're forcing you, me... If you're a Yankee fan and, and health being given... Why, why shouldn't you be cocky? Right. I right. mean, the thing that derailed the Yankees last year was all of the injuries, you know, particularly to the starting rotation. And so now you're you're scrambling every two days. Yeah, but wait, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, yes and no. Carlos Rodon wasn't good when he pitched. Nestor well, Cortez uh, wasn't that good when I he know, pitched. I know, but he was hurt. Oh, so we're blaming everything on injuries. Not everything. I mean, you're saying the only reason he struggled is because of injuries? Nestor Cortez. We never saw a healthy Carlos Rodon. I know. Did we? we? He made starts, and when he made starts, he wasn't good. Again, uh, you're just saying, well, he was hurt, so it doesn't count. But he came back. He was was battling back. Basically, missed most of spring training there at the end. Came back. And by the way, I crushed him for it. Everybody's healthy right now, and if you're going to assume injury, I got to assume that for all the other American League contenders, too. I'm sorry. And if I'm I'm going Yankee bullpen, Yankee rotation, I look at the Astros now, and I think they have a major question, and it's that manager. So, yes, well, I am speak, cocky and peacocking. Speaking of injuries, and this impacts the Yankees and it impacts the Mets, Justin Verlander revealed he's a little bit behind mm-hmm. with some elbow issues. Justin Verlander. And so, obviously, that's negative for the Astros. Who did he, would he be not there. say? What? Who has he not said? Who are you talking about? Our former president. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. I, I don't know about that. Justin <laughs> Jefferson. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Seriously. <laughs> Any athlete possible. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Verlander would start opening day for the Astros, and he's their ace. And I think if he throws 150 innings or more, I have to look at the exact number, the Mets would be on the hook for $17.5 million next year wow. on an option. Wow. So the Mets and the Yankees would both benefit from Justin Verlander not pitching. 140 innings. 140 innings, which wow. is even lower. Yep, yeah. they'd be on the hook for 17.5. That said, like, I'm not sitting here rooting for injuries. I don't yeah. think you are either, but here's Just the money, deal. Though. Injuries are going to happen. Like, I don't know what's going to – we already got one with the Yankees. It felt minor with Scott Efros and even Trevino being out a little bit behind in spring training. But there's going to be big injuries over the next few weeks. That's just the way it is. But I'm surprised I got to hear, like, cocky Sean on the Yankees. I didn't think that was the case. I thought you were confident, Sean. I didn't know you were cocky Sean. Cocky Sean is now appearing as spring training. Well, because hit. it's baseball time. It's baseball time. And now I've had a real chance to parse through. Right. We, we've passed the buck from football. Cocky Sean's out. So now you're cocky about this team. Sean is giddy about the Yankees. Wow. Sean thinks championship. Really? So on February 14th, they're going to go all the way with it? Sean thinks two parades in this town. Yeah, Jimmy's, Jimmy's new in town, too. So way. you think the reason, because at the top of the show, you said the Rangers are the next team to win a cup. You're thinking it's a double title, but because yeah. the Rangers would do it earlier because of the season, it's, it's that's the only reason. Yeah, if you told me all that counts in this town is baseball and football, my answer would have been the Yankees. I actually think the tide's about to turn here in this town. All right. Here's five o'clock. Cinco de Fivo with Evan and Tiki on the fan. Dare I say the Jets may even be in the mix next year. <sighs> Cinco de Fivo is not getting nuts. Cinco de Fivo is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere. And by Wendy's, try the new pretzel baconator today. Uh, as you may or may not have heard, if you're getting in the car Friday, a very special day here. It is A Rod Day. We will finally have A Rod's number 13 retired. So it got me thinking in this town, who are our best number 13s ever? Ah. Here we go. Here we go. Number five, Mark Jackson. Now, pe- people my age group, Lugie of that, we do view him as a pacer. However, a little older than us, he is the greatest number 13 to ever play for the New York Knicks. Interesting. I haven't gone through every 13 in Nick or I was going to say, history, who was, but who what are the options? Uh. 
Not a lot of names you'd recognize. Okay, okay? Good. There you go. Believe me, I went over this because I was waiting for the calls and bash me after. Here we go. <laughs> Number four. He's prepared. Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Well, that's low on the top five. It is. Well, you'll see why. And by the way, as the years pass, I think we will view his tenure with the Giants way more positive than when his immediacy left. I think most people do. Right, because if you were an Odell fan, you loved him even yeah. when he left. And we do pin a lot of what happened wrong on Dave Gettleman. Yes. Shouldn't have traded him. This, yes. that, and the other. How he treated, didn't right. pay him. He was outside the top ten, so his fifth year option wasn't that high. So he was really underpaid for what he was getting. I get it. And by the way, Odell has also showed a lot of maturity. The fact that he has had this relationship with Kim Kardashian under wraps to the point Kim was calling him Fred. Mm. Story for another day. <laughs> yes. I give Odell credit. Number three. You guys are so overrating Odell Beckham Jr., and, but whatever. Yeah, by the way, if he was a Jet, you'd have one of your kids named Odell and the other named Beckham. But here's so, the difference. Please. You're right, but here's why you're wrong. I'll save it for after your sync because right. you're just so, guys are wrong about it. And by this. the way, you stepped on me at the wrong time for you, bucko. What? Number three, Edgardo Alfonso. You should be higher. <laughs> Piazza takes the shine away of an all-timer. How about this? He's in many ways the Mets version of Bernie Williams. I, I like that. Fonzie was a great, great Met. Many years ago, I was hurt when the Mets let him go in free agency. He's one of those many guys who didn't get to finish their career with the Mets, but there's a caveat here. They made the right decision because, unfortunately, Edgardo had a back issue, yeah. and he was never the same in San Francisco, ended up bouncing around the league. So they made the right decision, but I love Fonzie, and you're dead right about this too. It seemed like Piazza, not on purpose, but would always steal the shine of Fonzie. Yep. Fonzie would get the big hit, and then Piazza would do something bigger. Perfect example is the 10-run inning against the Braves. Everybody remembers that great comeback. Piazza's home run, him pumping his fist and all that. Fonzie's the one who tied the game previously. Bingo. He got the biggest hit of the game. All Piazza did was put the icing on it. I love Mike, but Fonzie was clutch. I mean, the number three should be number one. Oh, you'll see one. Number two. Don Maynard. There you go. It's retired, right. so you should put it up there. That's the only one of those that's retired and probably, I don't know, not, well, maybe not. Hall of Famer. Yes. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Number. Super Bowl champ. Nobody else number. is retired yet. I can't pretend I saw him play, but Beningo would beat me with some kind of cane in here <laughs> if I didn't put Don well, Maynard. Well, it's just showing respect to history. Of Don course. Maynard is a Hall of Famer. He has his number retired. Of course he should be up there. He should and, be number one. And the Jets, by the way. Not everything is negative around the Jets. I, I thought Fonz was number one. I changed my mind. I forgot for a second. <laughs> okay. Don Maynard one, Edgardo Alfonso two. And an undebatable number one. Number one. It's Alex Rodriguez. When you close your eyes and you picture the number 13 a in this town. Rod. It's a Rod. Much like Don Maynard, a, a champion. Uh, unfortunately, unlike Don Maynard, should be a Hall of Famer, hopefully mm. there one day. And it's just, frankly, it's undebatable. Jim Leeritz, Billy Wagner? No! I didn't even put Alexei Lafreniere on here. Oh, stop yeah. it. He's, uh. he's still playing. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. And that's Cinco de Five today and every day at 5 o'clock. What I'll say about Odell is that you're right. Sean made a, a dig at me by saying, hey, if he was a Jet, you'd name your kids after right. or something crazy Because he like would have been the best player that you'd seen in a long time. But the, Yeah, exactly, because we suck because we're the Jets. Mm. You're the New York Giants. When he was drafted, it was only three years after you won a Super Bowl. Like, you're the Giants. You have but, Tiki okay, Barber. You have championships. Who else was number 13? This is, this is on the number 13. That's not even my point. My point is the guy had three good years here. He was here for five minutes, and all it was was controversy, and they didn't win anything. No, that's, no, that's not true. There's a lot of production. No, and, I, I say three right. good years. And I they made that. the playoffs and in the midfield drought. And what happened? Uh, yeah, he dropped What's all that the playoffs the known for, by the way? The boat trip. And what happened? What was the boat trip? Just so people uh, who he don't know. He and Victor Cruz took Giants players like Roger Lewis on a boat. And then what? Sterling, and then what happened in the game? Did they have Shepherd, a drop early? Sterling Shepard. They lost. He had multiple drops. He ran on the field like Lawrence Taylor. I'm not telling you Odell Beckham overrated, Jr. Overrated, dude. I mean, I'm not saying he's horrible either, Tiki. I'm no. saying he's overrated. Okay, you still like to... see Odell jerseys at okay, Giants so who, Stadium. who's a better 13 then? I'd say Billy Wagner contributed to more winning. Oh, your sister's ass. You can't have two Mets on here. Are you kidding me? No, you know what? I take that back. Jim Lawrence. I mean, Jim Lawrence. Guy had one of the biggest home runs in Yankee history. What the hell is Odell Beckham Jr. one here? Why, because he made a couple of fancy catches that we play here on this radio station? He's just iconic. Yeah. He shouldn't be iconic. But why not? He was. Because he was a giant for basically three and a half years of production. That's why. And it was during a time in giant history where no one's going to talk poetically about it. He didn't win anything. And more importantly... He passed the torch. He got us Dexter Lawrence, another giant. <laughs> You're looking at it that way. That's a positive. Anyhow, thank you. Cinco de yeah. five oh every Scratch day, five o'clock right now. No, no, I'm scratching it. I mean, I just. Uh, You're right about Kardashian. Who knew they were together? I didn't.
That's a real I couple like, right I feel now. like he, he just had a baby, right? Like two years ago? Right. I, yeah, I think when the Rams were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. When he won a Super Bowl. So I just figured he was settled down. No. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's dating last Kim week, Kardashian. I'm like, Odell is dating Kim Kardashian? <laughs> I have to tell you, when I hear Kim Kardashian is dating somebody, it just doesn't move the needle anymore. Because it's like no. she's been with everybody. Yeah. Reggie you know Bush. I mean? Yeah. It's not that. You know what it would be exciting? Chris, I think, who was it? Chris Humphreys. Humphreys. Yeah. I think it would be exciting if it was a baseball player because it would just be so out of bo- out of the box. Like, if all of a sudden she was dating Ronald no, Acuna no. Jr., she, I'd she, say, okay, if, we got something going uh, on here. Well, no. Ronald, Ronald's different. But I'm trying to think of a base. Like, most baseball players, are they're settled down, right? Well, not all of them. Not all. Not the young kids. Plenty of single guys. I just feel like a lot of them are just calm. Like, they're settled. They're not. Trying to be everywhere. Well, you got to find a younger baseball player that Kim's kind of like. All right, I'm gonna go with that 22 year old. So yeah, like but, Corbin uh, Carroll or but something. How would like they that. have? How would they have any time to do anything? That's exactly it. And by the way, Kim doesn't allow any of her boyfriends to leave that area where they are in yeah. Calabasas. So you got to play for the Dodgers at a minimum. And she ain't going to 162 baseball games. And, and you 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 got to be on the shows. You gotta, you gotta, exactly it. You got to be part of the the media circus that is their show. So you're saying there's no baseball player that's high profile enough for Kim? No, not that, not that they're not high profile <laughs> enough. They don't they don't have the time. What do you mean they don't have the time? They play what? 162 games. It's a long off season. No, dude, it ain't as long. And, are you, and really, they're a lot to handle, man. They're a lot to handle. You got to constantly be them, be in present. You just don't have the time every night in baseball. So season. it's the baseball schedule that's causing yes. uh, Corbin Carroll from hooking up with yes. Kim. What about maybe, a starting maybe, pitcher? Maybe have a couple of months in the offseason. Well, that doesn't fit because you still have to travel. You're not playing. No, you every don't. Day. You don't have to be there nah, if you're not pitching. That's not. You're not Roger Clemens. He's the only guy that's ever done that. No, nah, wow. that wouldn't work either. So I guess if if you're saying the schedule, the starting pitcher wouldn't change that. Yeah, that's not how it works. Guys I just don't, I just don't travel. Think the baseball player doesn't have that same like swag. See, that's what that, that's what you were leaving out. Yeah. It is about swag. Yeah. Well, I, it definitely I, is. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. has enough swag. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. So he might be the one. I think Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners has how enough about swag. Jazz Chisholm? But yes, but but the, all, all those guys. But then it comes down to time. Like, are you going to be able to give all of that time to her? Because she's going to want it. Mm. And I think the answer would be no. All right. Football is easy. You got you got a six-month offseason. Oh, she's also dated basketball players, too. Got, That's a long season as well. And yeah, you got, you, basketball players do what they want. You guys are burying the part of this. As much as you need to be a part of it, the fact that they held a relationship and she just kept referring to a boyfriend as Fred is growth Why by Odell. Why did she call him Fred? What was the thing about that? Because I think the idea was, we don't need this to be some kind We just love each other forever. It's none of everybody's business who we're dating. Mm. So she kept it under wraps. And typical Odell wasn't an attention pig for once and going, I'm dating Kim Kardashian. So they right. both showed great maturity by doing yes, that? Yes! I'm all in on these people. Why did she come up with the name Fred. What am I missing here? I don't know. I don't Fred. know. It's, it's just, the farthest thing from Odell uh, that yeah. you could possibly think of. That was the reason? I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. Growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I'm reading now, according to the Kansas City Police Department, 10 to 15 people were injured. It's making me sick how this number keeps going up. Yeah, I, I it just, always does. I just listened to the, the mayor and chief of police press conference. They are saying the number of injured could go up. They're still getting numbers of people walking into hospitals injured. Oh, got that's it. true. Yeah, I mean, so I that know. was part of it. How do you get that number? Because think about it. You've got a million people, and I'm not even joking when I say this because this is true, and this is certainly a part of it. You hear gunshots, you start running. Yeah. You start running, you fall. Right. Like, you trip. Like, there may be injuries from this that have nothing to do with being shot. Mm-hmm. It may have to do with falling on your face because I'll tell you right now, I think any of us as human beings, yeah. especially if our kids are with us and we're out there protecting them, and we hear gunshots go off. And your reaction is to grab them and run. There's a damn good chance you're falling down to the ground. So hopefully, by the way, those injuries you look at, not to minimize that and say, I hope those are the injuries. Because right, there's a damn good chance you'll be okay. Yeah, those are superficial. Those aren't those aren't bullet wounds. Right. You get shot. Obviously, right. things are much more serious. Now, here's what we know coming out of Kansas City if you're just tuning in. First of all, the Chiefs had this Super Bowl parade. They do basically the entire parade. At the end of it, gunshots are heard in which the police department's telling everybody, okay, get out, obviously. A guy tackles these two people with the guns. We see it on video now. Tackles these guys or gals, I assume they're guys, which stops them from causing any more damage than Mm -hmm. they already did. So gunshots go off. We hear initially a few people got shot. We don't know how serious it is. It's now been a couple of hours, and as... Sean just said that was according to the Kansas City Police Department. And the mayor's office. And the mayor's office. 
that 10 to 15 people are injured. Yes. Some of them in the hospital, some of them kids, which is just... Yeah. Yeah. Some are still walking in the hospitals, and unfortunately, one fatality. And, and to show you the timing of all of this, Chiefs players were still around. They have since left with buses. This is according to Albert Breer. Chiefs left the parade in buses and in shock. I'm told players were unbelievable in calming panicked kids down, including Trey Smith, who went up to one upset kid, gave him the WWE title belt, sat with him until he calmed down. Mm. And there's another person who apparently Andy Reid came over and hugged and calmed them I down. I saw that one, yeah. yeah so yeah. apparently a lot of the players and coaches were very in the midst of all of this, which is even scarier. Yeah. Well, the two people that had these guns and fired them have been apprehended. So luckily, they were able to stop them. And like I mentioned, somebody was a hero. Somebody went out and tackled them. Mm-hmm. The bravery of that person for your instant reaction to be. Because here's the thing about something like this. Yeah. I think my well, instant f- reaction is to protect my kids if right. they're with me. I think that's most of it's, us. It's the fight or flight thing. Right. Most people will fight. Well, but I, some people will fight. Yeah. No, and I, I can't lie and tell you I'd fight. I'd yeah. be more like, I got to protect who's with me. That'd be yeah. my first reaction. And whoever that person was, first reaction was, I'm not running away. I'm going to tackle this person. Right. And that person saved lives. Right, because he not only tackled them, he kept them from keeping shooting. It's one thing right. to tackle somebody. It's another to get the gun away from them so they can't shoot. Got the gun away from them, got them to stop shooting, and then eventually the police are able to come over and arrest them. Right. And stop this thing from becoming, it's already horrible, it's already bad, it's already tragic. We already lost a human life, but without that hero, it could have been worse. We could have been talking about hundreds of people. Yeah, could have been a massacre. It could have been. So very, very scary in Kansas City. We'll try to keep you posted as the show rolls on. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.